So we should be going both places. Okay, great. Okay, I am here with Paul, and I, help me with the last name, Jeff. Afyong. Afyong from Freetown, right. Sierra Leone, a hospital chaplain, a missionary, and has an incredible story of overcoming uh, past to be able to share a future of Jesus Christ with so many. Uh, Paul, uh, how are you guys doing? Oh, praise the Lord. We are doing ex excellently well in the Lord. It's not been easy. It's quite challenging down here, but we want to thank God because God has been very good to us. From day one and up to now, it's been very, very good to us. So we thank God. And I'm doing excellent, excellently well. Yeah, and you can tell that the sound we are traveling through whatever kind of satellite to get to him in Sierra Leone. He's using his cell phone. He doesn't have video of us, but we can see him. <laughs> I also I need to mention <laughs> Jeff Davis. Jeff Davis runs uh, uh, marketministries.com as well as Olive Branch International. And this is one of the missionaries that they support there. Jeff, welcome. Thank you. Good to be on the call. So good to see you as always. <laughs> Jeff and I hang all the time. He is an incredible leader. So, Paul, we, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and we're all quarantined into our homes. Is that the same thing happening there? Because the pandemic, we all know it's a global thing, and it has ravaged the whole world. And considering the fact that places like the U.S., who have very health-strong facilities, and sophisticated facilities, they too are facing health challenges. So similarly here, we're having the same thing down here. In fact, the government, I can tell you, Sierra Leone government is one of many African governments that's struggling to combat the, the virus down there. And the, the reason being is that our health facility is weak it's weak down there and so for that good reason for that good reason we are facing adverse challenges and it's like we are vulnerable and being exposed to the disease as compared to you over there yeah uh jeff you've been here before right i've not visited uh sierra leone um my my visits have been mozambique uh, Rwanda, Uganda, um, but uh, Paul and I have had the opportunity now to talk several times, and um, uh, we're working together on developing a business plan. And you also told me earlier about how the pandemic hasn't quite hit that area, right? Well, I... Paul has explained to me that uh, although there are not very many cases reported of of the pandemic, and and um, Paul, are you even aware of any deaths from COVID nineteen? No, we haven't had any deaths here. Yeah, so they they haven't reported any deaths, um, but there's a great deal of fear and. Um, trepidation uh, with regard to the memory that they have of the Ebola 
uh, right. epidemic oh, that they yeah. had four years ago. Yeah, that's right. probably very similar. Yeah, Paul told me a story about uh, when uh, there was some people who actually fled the hospital when they saw a dead body come into the hospital and, and the person had died from some other cause completely. Uh, but the rumor got started that it was from the coronavirus. Paul, is that, did I understand properly? Right, right. That was the first day for the lockdown. We have three days lockdown. And the very first day when we had a lockdown, there were right. dead bodies that were being carried to the hospital and the, and, people, the patients. And so the, the, the government has declared a lockdown. If you look at pictures that we see um, of people on the streets, it's not really uh, being uh, observed. I think people just believe that you've got to do business, you've got to get out and do life. Um, and so it's my impression from Paul that people are still out and about. Um, right, right. But statistically, right. they not uh, really noticed um, a spread of the virus. Hmm. Right. That's interesting. I know when I talked to the missionary in Chile, Santiago, he mentioned that the ones that had traveled and come back to the country were the ones that had this virus. So I wonder if the lack of travel to this area is why there may be a lot less of the virus there. What do you think, Paul? Well, it's not about the lack of traveling, but... To be honest, one of the ways you can able to detect, the best way to detect um, the virus is testing. Uh -huh. And here, we, we, have not, we, we have not been set up a testing, an effective testing process wherein people can be detected whether they have the virus. So that's why it appears as if people are walking through the street, but I can tell you, who knows if we, or if someone who probably I'm a city is a carrier of the virus. Right. It sounds like the maybe the lack of the reporting is simply because there's no way to test and yeah. and and know what the numbers are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's been your most interesting experience being a, a missionary, being a pastor in this time at this place, Paul? Okay. <laughs> the most interesting experience because started I could say between this pandemic was the day we had a lockdown. Okay? And the day we had a lockdown, you know, I came to realize that the government was exposed into three things. You know, like one, lack of water, two, lack of food, three, lack of medicines, and that's alone able to make me foresee where the church needs to be going. And as I can tell you, I am able to, to be able to have time with the Lord, to have time with the Lord, what I would call silent time with the Lord, to be able to listen from what God is saying and where God wants to lead me. And to be honest with you, it's like God gave me like a message that the church needs to be preached and which we are preaching at the moment. So it's like this. People are fear or afraid of 
the, pan, uh, the pandemic, which is coronavirus, but they are not afraid of sin. And sin has been the most deadly disease. Mm. <laughs> you see, so, so, Paul, what I, what I hear you saying, Paul, is that the, with the government lockdown, people are not able to, uh, I mean, uh, supplies are not being shipped to stores. People are not able to get food and water and medical supplies. And That's it sounded like you said that God has given you a vision that the church is going to be able to step in and help with the human need where the government has failed. That's, that is it. That is it. Exactly. So, hey, uh, Paul, can you put the uh, phone a little bit closer, like up by your face? Because we can see you. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. There we go. We got your face on the screen. <laughs> That's great. All right, okay. go ahead. Sorry. Um, Paul, explain to us in general what the chaplaincy ministry does in the hospitals with you and your fellow chaplains. Okay. As chaplains, our role in ministry is to go to the hospital first and foremost. And we serve not just as counselor or prayer contractors, our role in ministry is listen. That's the first thing. We, we are there to listen because we realize that a lot of people have challenges, emotional challenges, physical challenges, and they are also they are all their family challenges. What we, what we do is to ask them an open-ended question. Like, what is your experience? What kind of experience do you have as a sick person, and the opportunity to listen to this to this patient, and having listened to them, and that is where, as chaplains, we can come in to counsel them, we can come in to pray with them, and if there's need, after we have listened to the story, we may come to realize that he's a Muslim, probably he's a Christian, and he needs to be evangelized. So that's, that is where we come in, we tap in. That's great. It sounds like you're, you're asking questions and, and opening a dialogue, uh, having a relationship with the patient so that they can share their heart. How, how many um, hospitals do you all support? We had six hospitals. Yeah, we had eight chaplains. So there's eight chaplains, and I think you said that there's about five hospitals that you visit? Yes. Uh, by the grace of God, we, ha we had to introduce the program to a new hospital coming next week. And two other recruits, <laughs> two other chaplains that have recruited into the program. So we want to start a new program in the East. Hey, Paul, I can hear like kids and cars in the background. Can you point the... Show us a picture of, yeah, of, you, of your street. Show us where you are. Like move the... So you, so you want me to show you a picture of the streets where... Yeah, yeah. Just move your phone around. Move your phone so that we can see around. Would you like me to go down? Yeah, show, okay. us, uh, show us your surroundings. Okay. 
Nice. Okay, let me just let me just come down. And I know the technology. We might lose you, or we might uh, actually the technology is kind of rough. But at the same time, we're talking to somebody on the other side of the world and I, someone who is being a pastor in the midst of this in another country. And are, you, are you getting me? Yeah, we yeah. got <laughs> It's really cool. Got me. So okay. as you're now I'm in the street. There, yes, turn, turn, turn around, uh, turn the camera around and show us the street. So Jeff. Okay. Tell us about his ministry. Um, I think you just did, and he kind of did, but exactly what a pastor, chaplain, missionary chaplain does. Give us kind of the, the, the meat of it. One of the differences between, um, say, like a local church pastor and a chaplain is the, the chaplain has a duty to meet with people um, in the hospital uh, regardless of their their faith or denomination um you know they're they're available to pray with with christians muslims uh animists you know whoever and and that, and that's right. one of the duties worldwide of a chaplain is right. to provide spiritual support uh for whoever it is that's in that hospital bed now of course uh paul has the light of christ in him and uh has the the, the benefit of, of the Holy Spirit and the living Lord Jesus speaking and acting through him. Um, but pastoral care uh, usually boils down to um, um, three elements, prayer, uh, the reading of scripture, and um, spiritual formation. That, that would be guiding someone who uh, is seeking uh, a deeper relationship with God in the steps of, of doing that. Uh, we would call that discipleship or disciple making. Mm. Um, but that's really what, what Paul and his associates are doing is providing pastoral care in a hospital setting. Um, right. it, I mean, it reminds me of, of, you know, Jesus and, and the, um, and the New Testament writers uh, talking about the ministry of visiting the sick. Uh, and that was something that the early church did. And, and of course, Paul has embraced that um, as a pastor himself, but finds that his ministry um, at this point in, in his ministry um, is in the hospitals. Yeah. Well, I definitely know that you are in, Africa because I have been there before and the sound of a horn is pretty much everywhere you go. Everybody's beeping that horn. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul, tell me, uh, tell me the future. What's, what's the mission look like going forward for you? Like I said earlier, based on the fact that what I saw during the lockdown, I came to realize that one of the things the church or we need to do as ministry is to set up, is to set up a community, a community program where you can able to reach every community. Because down there, we are, we are like 80% Muslims, 20% 
less than 20 percent mm. this community we have to set up what we call medical missions also water resources missions program like boreholes okay and also like relief relief kind of food in order i'm, I'm gonna like i'm gonna translate a little bit for you paul because we're having a hard time hearing you but from our conversations before uh, Paul, Paul see, has a vision for the future to expand the ministry um, that he has in hospitals, which he's calling a medical uh, missions, uh, to also include uh, more of a general health outreach uh, to the community uh, as really as a platform for sharing the love and message of Jesus Christ. Um, mm -hmm. Everything that Paul does uh, has a, a foundation or, or an underpinning of evangelism. He, he's on fire uh, yeah. for the Lord. I've, I've talked to him about this many times. And um, there, there are opportunities to get out into the community as an extension of what they're doing uh, in the hospitals. Right. Right. And, um, right. and, you know, minister at a very grassroots level uh, with the people in the community. Paul, is that how you explained it to me? Yes, exactly so, exactly so. And I heard you say... We are on the right, we're on the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. I heard you say it's like 80% Muslim, and so the, the message of Christ is, is moving through that. Uh, I also heard you say... I think I heard you say a lot of people don't know they have this COVID-19 uh, coronavirus in them, but even more people don't realize they have this sin in them. And that's the real message that you want to get across in this time. Is that what you said? Right, right, right. Because the, yeah, we are not experiencing physical and social distances. Yeah. That, that, that is not being... It's been missing down here. Mm -hmm. Well, I really appreciate you and you being on right now. And what I'm going to ask Jeff do, to do is, so we'll take this video, and when I um, am able to edit it, he said you sent about 150 pictures, and so we'll put some of those pictures on. But we're also going to send out a link to your story because your story is awesome he was telling me about it i was going to have you tell the story but i have a feeling we're going to lose a lot in translation or not actually in translation in the uh technology so i'm just going to have jeff give me a link to it with this whole story so if you're watching on facebook live or instagram um this this whole video will be on youtube later with pictures and with links and I'll even put it on Facebook as well with the links because you need to know this story. You need to know what Paul's doing and the mission forward. And will you also, Jeff, talk about Olive Branch International and how you're supporting them and how people can support you? Yeah. Um, well, with Olive Branch International, uh, we've had a relationship with, uh, with Paul and the chaplaincy program uh, there in Sierra Leone for a number of years. And, this project of um, of developing a, a business, a uh, an enterprise that can provide income um, and and help to um, 
support Paul and the others uh, there is just going to be a, a real breakthrough for them. So uh, that's part of why we're uh, doing the fundraiser, doing the run, uh, is to raise the initial capital investment to build out this uh, clean water uh, processing um, business that Paul has in mind. And um, right. then once that's in place, uh, it will be a, a self-sustaining, um, self-propagating enterprise uh, that can support Paul and his family and, and give him greater flexibility in the ministry that he's doing there. So it is an example of smart generosity um, that we've been talking about for years now with Marketplace Ministries and All Branch International. And um, Paul is nodding his head in enthusiasm because that's exactly, uh, that's exactly what we're trying to accomplish together. That's awesome. Paul, thank you. Jeff, thank you. Both of you stay here for a minute. I want to talk to you um, and thank you privately. But if you've been watching, thank you. And then also check out those links on YouTube later.